Hey, could you guys imagine signing up for a class where the teacher gives you questions that are impossible to answer? How many of y'all would sign up for a class like that? Anybody? No. How many of y'all did I, uh, Scott, you're just weird, bro. That's why you would do that. But, uh, but how many of y'all did I lose at signing up for a class? <laughs> Chuck, that loser you right there, signing up for a class. But can you imagine signing up for a class where the teacher gives you impossible questions? They're impossible for you to answer. In other words, nobody can answer these questions on their own. The teacher gives you tests that you are going to fail if you try to uh, uh, answer all the questions on your own. If you try to pass the test on your own, you're going to fail. Can you imagine signing up for such a class where you're destined to fail if you try to do it on your own? JT, could you imagine that? How many of y'all have signed up for a class like that ever? Man, I, I remember in college with, uh, man, before, I, I need illustrations. Pre-calculus, man, I signed up and withdrew past like four times. When I found out I was going to fail, I, I pulled out before I failed. And then when I took physics, then I'm like, oh, that's what that was. I needed practical illustrations. But the fact is, man, if you're a believer... You have signed up for a class that you cannot pass on your own. In other words, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, it's over. You can't do it on your own. He gives you tests every single day that have questions that you cannot answer on your own. You, he, he, he give, how many of you ever had any tests by Christ? Any, anybody have any tests by God that you don't have solutions for? How many of y'all might be in the middle of one of those right now? If you're not, just wait. It's coming. I'm telling you. He's, he gives us tests that we can't do on our own. He gives us questions on those tests. How many of y'all got questions for God? Why me? Why this? Why now? Come on. Any of y'all? Is it cold? Your brain seems to thaw out? Yeah. Why me? Why now? Why this? Who? What are you thinking? You know? The fact is, is that he's giving us things that we are going to make us more and more and more dependent upon him. He doesn't want us to succeed on our own. He wants us to have a relationship with him. And so if you can imagine signing up for that class where everybody who signs up for the class is going to fail. Everybody's in there. How many of y'all, when y'all were kids, you know, did you have a teacher back in the day that would go, oh, and see, they would pass the papers out to the head of the row, and everybody got to look at your paper, and it'd be like, oh, yeah, Eddie got a, got a C again, you know? How many of y'all were that Eddie got a C again? How many of y'all were like, oh, Joey got an A. Oh, of course they got an A, you know? Or the teacher would hold it up and say, oh, yes. And, 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 and she got an A. Oh, and Eddie, oh, he got a C. Any of y'all remember that? Whatever happened if Eddie ever got an A? And they're like, oh, and Eddie got a, a hundred? How did he get a hundred? How many of y'all were ever there where, when, yeah, I was like, how in the world? Oh, what's the first answer? What happened? What is the solution to that? How did Eddie get a 100? He must have, he cheated. Yeah, I didn't cheat. Maybe the teacher helped me a little bit. <laughs> but nevertheless, whether the teacher helped with the teacher helped me, then I passed. And so so in this, that's what Christianity is. God gives us, He in, invites us to join a class where He says, On your own, you're gonna fail. Every test I give you, 
is going to be full of questions you can't answer and you can't come up with the solutions for. There is no hope in, in being able to pass this test on your own. However, as the teacher, I am going to stand right next to you while you take every test there is. How many of y'all would love to take a class like that knowing that the professor is going to stand right next to you and give you every answer you need for every one of the questions so that when they pass it out, and Eddie got a hundred. How many of y'all want a class like that? And in fact, standing next to society, when Jesus was talking to the disciples on the night when he was betrayed, they were like, they, they, were, they really weren't even, you know, they still thought he was going to usher the kingdom. And he's trying to tell them, I'm going to bring you another comforter. I'm going to bring you somebody just like me that is going to teach you everything you need to know and bring to remembrance everything I've taught you. He's going to comfort you. He's going to be just like me. And the name in the Greek is the paraclete. And you know what that means? It means somebody standing right next to you. That's the paraclete. When we get saved, we have all the Holy Spirit there is to have. He just doesn't have all of us. Amen? Yeah. He's standing right there as the professor. He's the one who wrote the question on every one of the tests. And when you've got the question, who's got the answer right there? The paraclete, the teacher, he's right there. But now in this, in order to get the teacher's answer. So here you are, chest. Question number one, blah, 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 blah. Oh, my goodness. I don't know the answer. Why? What? No. Who? Yeah. You're like, I don't know. <clears throat> what are your choices at that point? One, you can put down your own answer, right? How many of you ever put down your own answer because you just feel like you need an answer, right? We put our own answer. We circle it down. It's like, whoa, whoa. And, and in fact, when I took the SAT test, anybody, did they still do that? Dude. I got so bored because I'm kind of ADD. Halfway through, dude, I just Christmas treated. I just started putting things. And guess what? I got a high enough score to get into college. <laughs> but I Christmas treated because I just couldn't handle it anymore. But how many of y'all have ever just Christmas treated life? Multiple choices. It's like, oh, I choose this. And you choose it and it's wrong. So the first thing that we can do is we can make our own choices. Well, that's what the world tells us to do. That's what we've been trained to do. Let's just make our own choices. It's not what the Word of God tells us to do. The Word of God tells us that we have the professor, the paraclete, the one, the comforter, walking right beside us who says, I, nobody's getting this one right. Nobody's getting it right. I'm the only one that knows the answer because I wrote the question. So what would make logical sense what, what should you do, Marley? What should you do if nobody's going to get this question right, but you have the one who wrote the question right next to you? What would any person who has any sense, what would they do, Marley? What's that? Ask the teacher. Everybody take your hand like this, all right, and go, duh, <laughs> right? Duh, does that not make sense? Ask the teacher who's next to you. But our pride so often won't let us do that. Our pride is, I gotta figure this out. I gotta do this. I gotta, I'm gonna look and see what everybody else who failed does, and I'm gonna try, I'm gonna do it different than them. And guess what? You fail. It's as simple as being a believer, knowing that God is putting tests and questions right in front of you that you don't have the answer for. 
And if he wasn't going to help you, what a cruel God that is. But he wants you to have a thriving relationship with him. And he wants you to ask him. That's the first thing. So how many of y'all got the first? The first part of passing the test is to what? Ask him. And then for those of y'all still need more, go, duh. All right? Ask him. Duh. Ask him. All right? So we ask him. We're going to talk about how to ask him in here in a little bit. All right? But number two, when you ask him. All right? And you ask him, and he gives you an answer that you don't want, Scott. What are your choices? You can either put his answer down or your own answer, because I don't like his answer. How many of y'all ever got an answer from God you didn't like, and you put your own answer down? Yeah, you got it wrong. Duh! Again, duh! You got it wrong. How many of you, so you, you ask him, but when he does tell you what, and he says, oh, that's easy. It's, it's E, all of the above. Erica, if he says it's E, all of the above, what do you put down? E, all of the above. But wait a minute, I don't like C and I don't like B. And, and I think A is the best answer. And you put A down, what's going to happen? You missed it. You got it wrong. When he tells you what to put down, you put that down. And we're going to talk about how to know what he wants you to put down. So, again, you got to ask him. But then when he gives you the answer, you got to write that answer down. Everybody take your fist again and go, duh. We're taking our palms. All right, not your fist. Sorry, your palm. <laughs> Later it's your fist because it's like, I don't get it. It's not that hard. To ask him. He gives you an answer. You put it down. Oh, all right. How about this? How many of you ever done this? How many of you have ever asked the teacher for an answer and he didn't answer you right away? What's that? What's that word that we hate? It begins with W and ends with eight. <laughs> wait. How many of y'all hate to wait? How many of y'all have ever gotten in pain? What is the answer, God? Come on. Don't you know there's a timeline? We have a closing here. We have a business deal here. We have, there's a timeline. The salesman said, if I don't do it right now. Hey, guess what? If salesman says you don't do it right now, God didn't give an answer, don't do it. <laughs> you wait. You wait on God. Does it not make sense that when the teacher, you ask the teacher for the answer to the question and the teacher doesn't answer right away, what do you do, Mary? You wait. What if you don't want to wait? What's going to happen? You, you wait anyways, otherwise, yes, otherwise you're going to get the question wrong. And you keep getting the questions wrong, you fail the test. And by the way, when you fail the test, does the teacher just say, oh, well, all right, you're just not very good at this subject called life, so we won't take this test anymore. What happens when you fail Paul, right? Your name's Paul? I, I got Paul and I got Linda on bookends, and I know you go with her and you go with him. Tell me your first name again. I got Paul and... Paul and Carla, all right, y'all help me remember. Paul and Carla, y'all help me remember that. And then we've got Linda and, and Mike's the first one to introduce himself to me. But dude, it just went way over. I'm just sorry. All right, so we've got Linda and Mike, Paul and Carla. Y'all remember that. Everybody say, hey. <laughs> Call them by their names. Come on. No. All right. I told you, if we don't scare y'all, welcome to the family. But in this, so, so again, man, so the teacher, does Christ want us to pass the test? Yes, but he gives us a test we can't pass. So he says, ask me. And when I tell you the answer, we write that answer down, not another one. If he doesn't tell us to, uh, the answer at that moment, what do we have to do? We wait. Do you ever get impatient? 
Do you ever? And patience, by the way, is a fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is love, knowing God loves us and we love him. And you want to do nothing but wait and be patient to get the right answer for this. So we wait. So you got to ask him. You have to write down what he wants you to write down. And sometimes you have to wait for the answer. And so again, sometimes that's a process, isn't it? But the fact is, that is your walk with Christ. He is every day, Abby, he's giving you situations you don't have the answer for. Do you need me to write those down for you or do you got them already? You already know those situations? And, and guess what? Tomorrow, you may wake up and you'll be like, oh, what is going on? Have you ever woke up and said, what's going on? Yeah, you live in Chuck's backyard, right? I'm just saying, but 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 you wake up, you're like, what is going on? What is that? This is not what I planned. But guess what? Who had it planned, Abby? God Almighty had it planned. And it's a question to a, to in a test that you don't have the answer. But who has the answer? He does. And what's the first thing you need to do? Ask him. And then when you ask him and he tells you the answer, what do you do? Yeah, you can argue and you can put the wrong one down, but you got you, you to gotta put his answer down. If he doesn't give it to you right away, you do what? You wait. God, I mean, you are smart. <laughs> you got this down. That's it. So that's, that's it. That's life. That sounds simple, doesn't it, Chuck? So how do we communicate with God? How does God speak to us? How does God tell us to wait? How does God tell us what's going on? How does God tell us, oh, no, this is what you have to do? I remember you telling me you guys have a company you go in like where are you Indiana are you guys yeah one of those states up there Indiana and and it gets cold there right and 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 you go in and you rip out all the windows and all the doors and put them all back in in like a day and and we were out there on a on a sandbar one day and he's like yeah I think uh, what was the temperature you gave me of when you will not rip all the windows and doors out of somebody's house 20, <laughs> 20 degrees. I hope you got that answer from God. I'm just saying for, for their sake, if it's Florida, I'm just telling you, he's probably giving you a different number. But yeah, you need to know what the temperature is to not rip somebody's. You need to know whether to let my dog on your bed or not, because you're not going to get sleep at first. She's just whining and fussing. You got to, what do you, what do I do? And you wait and he gives you the answer. But that's, we've got to understand that's a system. But how do we know? How do we, how does he speak to us? Well, the word of God tells us in Hebrews, and in past times he spoke through dreams, spoke through prophets, spoke to, but now he speaks to us through his son who came at Christmas, the incarnation, God Almighty. Be, he came and became a man. And he showed us and, and uh, how to live. He showed us what to do. He, he lived out the word of God. And in John chapter one, it says that that Jesus is the word. He was in the beginning. And so the word of God is more crucial to us than anything. That is how God's going to speak. Oh, no, you don't understand. I order pizza from Papa John. Is Papa John's still? I order pizza from somewhere in a pie hole, man, with the anchovies. And God gives me answers through that. You know, no, that's just... I get it dream I get it through my dreams. I get it through my feelings. I get oh I know it in my heart. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Jeremiah said your heart is more deceitful than anything. Anything that contradicts the word of God is a lie straight out of the pit of hell. Amen? 
You need a relationship with the living God by inviting Jesus Christ to come in and take over your life. He then comes and lives in you in the form of the Holy Spirit of God, which is 100% God. You have God living in you. I, I have people, oh, Lord, let us have a spirit-filled service. You know how we have a spirit-filled service? By you, Paul, coming in full of the spirit. And, and you, Carla, coming in. Carla, right? Got it? You full, you being full of the Spirit, and Donna, you being. If all of you come full of the Spirit, this building is going to be what? Yeah, it's not like oh, let's put some magic fairy spirit dust in the air, and all of a sudden, whoa, let it fall on me. No, you know where it falls? It falls from each of you being full of the Spirit, being full of love, and loving each other. That's what the Word of God says. And so again, we've got to know the Word of God. And so in this, oh, I, I know I have here, in this, these are some things you heard me say before. If I could encourage you through the year, this year, the, mo the, the most important thing you can do is develop your relationship with the living God who is going to, whether you like it or not, give you questions to test that you cannot pass. And the world may look and say, what a cruel God. What an awful, awful thing. What a horrible. No. You know what he wants to do is when you pass those impossible tests and they're like, how did you? You're out in Okeechobee, Bob and Ann. How did you overcome all of that? Well, what are you going to tell them? The teacher did what? The teacher gave us the answers. In fact, the teacher even took my feeble hand and, and circled the right answer. The teacher did it for me. Well, that's not fair. I mean, how many of y'all think that's fair? The Chuck, what if you're at school, remember back in the school days, and, and your twin brother, all of a sudden the teacher's helping your brother pass tests and you're failing. Is that fair? No, but what if the teacher said, well, I'll do it for you too, Chuck. Well, I don't care, that's not fair. No. It, it isn't fair. But it's what's right. And guess what? When the teacher said, you have to say, the teacher gave me all the answers, and they say that's not fair, you know what you can tell them? Well, he can be your teacher too. And that's your purpose on this planet, is to live in such a way that they're like, there ain't no way Ann's getting 100 on that test. You cheated. Well, not really. I have a teacher giving me all the answers, and he would love to be your teacher too. Can I introduce you to the teacher so you can get in on this class? And he'll give you the answers too. That's what our life is. That's what evangelism is. That's what the good news is. That's what Christmas is about. That's what Easter's about. Inviting people to have that, him as their teacher. And so, again, that's the most important thing I think I can give you this year to start this year off is to make, have an intimate relationship with that teacher. One, by giving your life to him if you've never done that. Surrendering everything you know about yourself to everything you know about him. Total surrender. That takes faith. It takes trust. But that's what it takes to be saved. God, I can't, I can't pass. God, I can't even get one question right. Oh, I can get right compared to everybody else, but God, I can't do it. I got to have you every moment, every day. I surrender myself to you. What a good deal. That's what he wants. And in this, I want you to know this. Help me out with this. You've heard this before. Here's what we're going to look at. One, God does the testing. Everybody say that. God does the? The devil does the? And we do the? Y'all got that? Can y'all share that? 
All right, Donna, I know how you love to participate in church because you are such an extrovert and I pick on you when there's nobody there. God does the, the devil does the, and we do the what? Y'all got that? Can y'all share that with people? That's what it's about. Are there going to be opportunities you're going to have where people are going to be whining and all upset and complaining like, life's not fair. This is horrible. This is bad. No, God is giving you a test. Well, this isn't right. This is Yeah, he wants to be your teacher. He wants to show you, but you've got to have a living relationship with him. You've got to have a relationship. God does the testing. The devil does the tempting. And we do the trusting in this. And so God's always testing us and we've got to believe his answer. We've got to put his answer down. We've got to wait on his answer and accept nothing else in this. Now, again, the devil, the devil is always up there accusing. Anna, you know what the devil is doing this morning? He's coming up to God and going, oh, you don't know what Anna was doing last night. I don't either. I wasn't looking in your window, but you don't know what she was doing. Dude, you don't know what, what her and all the other waitresses over at Moonswiners were saying about that customer, man. You don't know what they were doing. And, and Jesus like, yeah, I do. Oh, then she's guilty. And Jesus says, no, no, I already paid for all her sins. I am the judge, the jury. I'm everything. I've taken care of her. And, 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 and I'll straighten her out in my own way. Yeah, devil's up there accusing. And, and if God can use, because the devil, listen, man, for some reason, believers who don't read the word of God have this idea that the devil and God are equals that are fighting this massive war. Baloney! The devil is a created being who is nothing more than a pawn in, in, in God's hand. God is omniscient. He knows everything. The devil is not. That's why he's got to have an antichrist all the time on hand. Who is Hitler the antichrist? Is Obama the antichrist? The Pope the antichrist? Is Trump the antichrist? No, I don't know. Because he doesn't know when Christ is coming back. So he's always got to have an antichrist ready. There's numerous other things. He doesn't know everything. Now, he's been watching people a long time, and he knows sociology. He knows that if, if you bring a bucket of chicken in here, there's certain people here that are going to go for it. He knows if he brings a bucket of gizzards, man, from Maryland Fried Chicken, what, what am I going to do? Dude, I'm going to eat it. And all y'all are going to be going, oh, except Keone, man. We're going to pound those gizzards, right, with some hot sauce on them. I'm just saying, he's been watching people, and so he knows what bait to throw out, but he's not omniscient. He does not know everything. He only knows what he's seen. He's not omnipotent, so he's not any, he's not all powerful. He only has the power that who gives him? God gives him. And God only gives him power if he can use him in one of the tests that he gives you. But man, greater is the one that lives in us than the one that runs this world. Amen. That's scripture. That's what scripture tells us. So devil's not omniscient, doesn't know everything. He's not omnipotent. He's not all powerful. And this ought to help you out when you're sitting there saying, oh, the devil's attacking me today. Well, maybe one of his demons, and, and generally it's not even that. It's your flesh. You're just making stupid decisions. But it's like, oh, the devil's attacking me today. He is not omnipresent. He can only be in one place at one time. And for him to waste his time on you? Ha. You're like, wait a minute. No, yeah. It's not him. He created a world system that he's running right now that your flesh loves. All he's got to do is dangle bait, and you're like, oh. All he's got to do is throw it out on social media for most of y'all, right? I've watched your accounts, your Facebook accounts and Instagram. I'm just saying, and you've watched mine. He throws it out. 
We still live this world in the flesh, even though the old man's gone, and, and that flesh loves the world system Satan set up. Does he know what bait to throw out to get you to mess up, Chuck? And you know when that bait's coming, you got to answer the teacher. God, I don't. God, I need you to help me. I need you to get me through this. And guess what? He'll take you somewhere else away from that bait. Period. So again, man, the devil does it. God does the testing. Who wrote the test that we're taking right now, Tiny? The test you have right now that you're... Dude, and you ain't seen nothing yet. You're fixing to marry Sam, right? You're fixing to marry... In May, you're going to be a married man, dude. Next year, I'll get you a Weber kettle like I did your brother, man. <laughs> like, now you feel like an old man, right? But man, who wrote the test you're taking right now? God. Yeah, dude, awesome. Who? Hey, Mac, where's Mac at today? Oh, you put, that's, that's our symbol for God. Wisconsin and God are not equal in any way, shape, or form. But okay, he's in Wisconsin. Well, we miss him today. Yeah, God wrote the test. And if he wants to use the devil to do some bad thing or some messed up thing to give you the ability to do the right thing, he'll use the devil. The devil's nothing more than a pawn in his hand. And if you're born again, the devil has no power over you. No temptation taken, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able. But with the temptation, will make a way to escape. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. But 10, 12 says, if you think you stand, you better take heed lest you fall. When you get cocky and think you got it, that's when whoop, he knocks it out from under you. But you got to know what the word of God says. So you know what your identity is and you know who you are. God does the what? The devil does the? And what is it that we do? And what do we trust? Who do we trust? God, the answer, oh, I got it. Oh, dude, I broke this again. Maybe. It's just a battery, man. Here, JJ, I'm going to you know, give that to you right now because I don't need it right yet. But yeah. Now I totally forgot what I was going to say. Let's get, pull this middle wedgie and get back on track here. So God does the testing. The devil does the tempting. We do the trusting. And who is it we trust? Oh, that's what I was going to tell you all, man. All right, if I ever catch you, if you're sleeping, Paul, because see this guy right here? He was in the military. This dude, no, oh, no, we'll get the whole room for it's all over with. But this guy, he was in the military. He can look like he's awake, but he's actually sleeping. So if you ever get woke, I'm like, Paul, just say God, all right? Because that's the answer to everything, right? So, so again, God wrote the test. God wrote the test that you're taking right now. And so... God does the testing, the devil does the tempting, we do the trusting, and who is it we trust, y'all? God. And how do we trust God? By knowing his word. We have to have a relationship with him and know his word. That's where the Pharisees messed up. They love the word of God more than the God of the word. We fall in love with the God of the word, and then we can fall more in love with the word of God. Amen? All right, I think this is going to work. Don't bail me out unless I need it, JJ. So here we go. <clears throat> We're going to get preaching here in a minute. All right. Without faith. OK, so in order to trust God's word, it's going to take faith. That's what it's about. Faith is the only thing God ever praises human beings for. Doesn't praise you for your talent. Doesn't praise you for your looks or lack thereof. He praises us for our faith because faith is something that's not tangible. It's like God saying to do something, Abby. And what do you do? Just do it. And it doesn't, a lot of times, it's counterintuitive. It doesn't even look like it's going to work. But if God said it, you know that what's going to happen? It is going to work. We do it his way. That's faith. 
It's huge. And so in Hebrews 11.6, I'll show this to you in a minute, without faith, it is what? Is it possible, Eric? Can we please God just a little bit without faith? No. Look what the writer of Hebrews says. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Check this out. Hebrews 11.6. Look what the writer says. And this is in the Hall of Fame of Faith. And without faith, it is what? Impossible to please him. Okay, how many of y'all want to please? Uh, Trent, you and Michelle want to please God. Michelle, do you want to please God? Okay, so in order to please him, you need situations in your life that are going to require what? Faith. Is that what you're asking for in the morning? Michelle wakes up. Oh, dear God, please give me questions that I don't have answers for. Please give me tests that I would fail without you, God. Please put circumstances in my life that are impossible for me. Is that what you pray for? Then you know what? You don't want to please God. I'm just saying. No, I'm just... Doesn't that sound... But it says without faith, it's impossible to please Him. We don't necessarily have to ask those questions... But how many times do you get questions that you don't have the answers for? Do they come up daily? Yeah, you work with kindergartners. I'm just saying. When he brings those situations in our life, and when he brings those impossible situations, what's the first thing we usually ask him to do, y'all? Oh, come on, in modern theology, I decree that you what? Take these away from me. And God's like, no, I'm giving you these. So that you can have faith that I'm going to give you and you can please me when you choose me over your feelings and over your thoughts and over your desires. Don't pray them away unless he gives you direction for that. But often, so in order for you, if you want to, how many of y'all want to please God? Terry, Kentucky, Terry, I'll see your hand up there. Do you want to please God? I know you want to please God. And it's impossible to please him without faith. So in order for you to be able to have the opportunity to please him, he's got to give you situations that require what? Faith. And so he gives us those situations. They're not to be prayed away. They're not, I mean, he, we can do that if you want, but that could be part of the solution. But the first solution is, God, give me faith so I can trust you over my thoughts, over my desires, and over my feelings. And I can trust your word over all of this and believe you. And I can please you with the faith that, you have, that you're going to give me in this situation. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Look at this. For whoever would draw near to God. Chuck, you want to draw near to God? Yeah, man. You're not, uh, you want to draw near to God? Guess what? You need situations that require faith. And so whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists. So he's there to, to, he wants to be the paraclete, the one that can answer my questions, to give me the test I can't pass, and that he rewards those who seek him. He rewards those who seek him. So that's the key. When Brandon, when you get faced with a situation that's impossible, who do you seek? God. And what do you ask him for? Faith. And is he going to give you faith? How do you know he's going to give you faith? Because when he gives you faith and you exercise it, it what? It pleases who? Him. That's how you know he's going to give it to you. But again, where do you get it from? You get it not from eating pizza late at night. You don't get it from having weird dreams. You get it from God's word. He's never going to direct you 
contrary to his word. So in this, I want you to understand, God does the what? Oh, thank you, all two of you. But all right, let's start again. All right, God does a what? Yes, the devil does a? Woo, and we do the? Yes, and that requires faith. And he's going to got to give us questions and tests that we don't have the ability to pass in order to exercise that faith so we can please him. So you see how all of that works right now? God's not big. So many times the past people, well, I don't know what I did to take God off. I'm like, well, I do. But no, no, no. Like, I don't know what I did to make God mad. I don't know what I did to deserve this. I don't know what I, you know what? Dude. You gave him your life. You belong to him. He gets to mold the clay however he wants. And whatever he does is for our good and his glory. It's to make us more like him, which is our good. It's good to become more like him. And he gets glory when we're like him. So he gives us situations that require that. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Forever would draw near to God. Must believe he exists and that he rewards those that seek him. Now we're going to get on what I'm preaching on today. Aren't you glad we're almost there, Carla and Mike? It's 1141, man, 20 minutes, man, to get through the first point. Maybe, I don't know, but we'll see. All right. What we need to know about this situation is we need to know. So we already know God does the testing, devil does the tempting. We do the trusting. We know that without faith, it's impossible to please him. So that's what God's trying to accomplish in all of this. It's not because he hates you. It's not that he's trying to make your life miserable. He's trying to make you more like him because when you're more like him, he gets the glory. So in order to pass this test, you got to know there's only three questions. How many of y'all believe there's only three ways you can be tempted? <laughs> You're like, well, I don't know, dude. I've been tempted more ways than that this morning already. You know, I've been tempted to sleep. I've been tempted to walk out. I've been tempted to go. <laughs> I've been tempted. No, there's three ways you can be tempted. That's what the Word of God tells us. There are only three ways that you can be tempted, and there's only one way that we can overcome those temptations. And we're going to see it from the life of Christ, and we're going to see it from Adam and Eve. All right? That, that's, you're either in the, in the family of Adam or you're in the family of Christ. You're either born in the Adam's family, you're always born in, everybody's born in the Adam's family, and you can stay in the Adam's family, but you're going to die, you're going to go to hell, and God allows you to be born again so that you can be in his family. So we're going to learn from both of them how Adam failed and Eve failed and how Christ succeeded in this. And it comes from obeying God's word. That's the difference, obeying God's word. But to obey God's word, you've got to know God's word. To know God's word, you got to what? you got to read God's word. How many of you, honestly, okay, maybe you don't want to raise your hand for this, but I, I hope you do. Honestly, how many of y'all are a little scared of God's word? How many of y'all are like in, it's kind of hard. Yeah, put, put your hand up, Chuck, just so people can see that's you, man. It's hard. I can't, what if I get it wrong? What if, I, what if I can't understand it and I get it wrong? Hey, let me ask you a question. Who wrote it? God. More specifically, the Holy Spirit wrote it. Where does the Holy Spirit live? In you. You're sitting at the table with the author of the book. And if you ever have a question about the book, you can ask the author. And by the way, he's not, it's not there for you to logically understand what it's there is to help you understand who God Almighty is and figure out what he wants you to do. One time somebody said, well, how does God talk to you? Because I always say, man, God told me to do this. God told me to do this. You know how he talks to me? I read his word. And as I read it, it might be a little chunk. It might be a big chunk. But when I'm done reading it, I say, God, what do you want me to do with this? I put it in his hands. What do you want me to do with this? 
and he puts it in my heart of what he wants me to do with it. And usually I write it out and I send it to a bunch of you guys every day in the form of a picture that eats space in your phone. Right, Fernanda? I'm just saying, but I send it to you. That's my marching orders for the day. And if anybody wants it, I'll be glad. I start again tomorrow. I'll start again tomorrow sending them out. I took a week off. But I'm just saying, that's, that's my marching orders. What do you want me to do with this, God? And then Anna, 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 Anna. Is it, is it, what is your, it's Tristiana, isn't it? Isn't that how I, I knew you? What do you really go by now? Anna, okay. All right. Golly. Uh, <laughs> whose, whose responsibility is it to show you what to do with his word? It's his. You think he's good enough to handle that responsibility? And guess what? If he doesn't show you anything, then what do you do, Erica? Yeah, you wait. <laughs> and when you don't know what to do, you do what you already know to do, right? But again, so you read it and you ask him, what do you want me to do with it? Oh, dude, you like that. What's the name of that stuff? That, that steak with all the fat in it? Wagyu, that's it, man. Yeah, yeah, man, Wagyu. You know, if, if, if I had a Wagyu steak cooked exactly like you like it, Scott, it's right there. Uh, what would you do with it? Would you do it right in front of us all right now? Absolutely, I knew. That's why I could count on you, bro. Well, so, 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 so what if your son right there is cutting little pieces off on a fork and he's feeding you those pieces? Would you eat the ones on the fork? Yes. Yeah, you would eat them. I mean, you're not going to let them go to, oh, no, I'm not going to eat any of it if I can't have all of it, you know? Yeah, but you, yeah, you're going to eat what he feeds you, but guess what? Hey, can you cut a little bigger chunks, please? And, and then, hey, you know what? You really don't. Let me just have the whole piece. But again, that's what God does with his word. He'll cut you chunks off. He'll cut you. If all you do is read it, whether you read it with a telescope, meaning you have permission to read it and not understand it, he, might make, he will make something stick out. And whatever he makes stick out, that's what he wants you to do. If you read it with a microscope and he has you just stop on one little passage, he'll show you what he wants you to do. But the fact is, how many of y'all believe God's big enough to show you what he wants to do? Do you believe that? Then it's not about you. It's about him. It's the devil that's the one who's trying to get you not to read God's word because it's the only offensive weapon that you have. Open it up and read it and see what God wants to do. He's perfectly capable of feeding you what you need to have. That. Brandon, is that not true? And Brandon, do you not sometimes come across something and you're like, dang, I don't know what this means. Women are supposed to have short hair and long hair. And what are they supposed to do? And, and, and you know what? You send me a text and you ask me. Have I ever said, Brandon, you're just so stupid. I can't believe you don't know that. No, dude, sometimes you ask me questions. I have to look it up and it feeds both of us. So you ever come across something where you don't have the answer? Guess what? Ask me. And both of us are going to get fed, man, get to go to the buffet sometimes. Or ask your spouse, ask each other. That's how you spiritually stimulate each other. But it's got to happen through the word of God. Find somebody you can ask, somebody you can talk to, but get it from him. But it's by obeying God's word. Check this out. 1 John uh, 2, verse 15 through 17. I'm going to show you super quick before I get into what I'm preaching about today. <laughs> And by the way, if y'all need to leave, you can, you know, you can leave, you can watch us later or whatever, but this is what God wants me to share with y'all today. This is where we know there's only three ways we can be tempted. Check this out. First John chapter two, he says, do not love the world or the things in the world. <laughs> Man, the world systems, 
How many of y'all are looking forward to elections? <laughs> how many of y'all are looking for, I mean, we can go to pro football. How many discrepancies were there in pro football in the last week? You know, how about college football? Not to, I'm just saying, what system in this world, what world system are you like, oh, I can relax in this world system and I can find peace and solace in this world system? No, because as soon as you relax and find peace in it, it's going to blow apart. How many of y'all ever had a great job and you're like, oh, this is awesome. And then all of a sudden it changes. That's the world. He said, don't love the world or the things of the world. Don't find your satisfaction in this world. Don't find your comfort in this world. Don't find what you need in this world. Don't even, that's, and I'm going to tell you what, Spencer, you fix to get married. You look to your wife for all of your satisfaction and all of your comfort. Everybody on the count of three, tell him what he's going to find. It begins with dissa and ends with appointment. One, two, three. Yes, and I'm gonna see you on marriage counseling. Like, she's just not completing me. I'm like, dude, you got a bunch of puzzle pieces missing. Ain't nobody can complete you but God. Yeah, we can't find satisfaction in somebody else, in a job, in a in a world system. He created it so we find it only in Him, and that's hard. Because he wants us to wait a lot of times on that. So don't love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, if there's any place in your life you are counting on to find your satisfaction and your completeness, anyone, anything in this world, he said, in that area, the love of the Father's not in him. In other words, he wants to be the one to complete you. He wants to be the one that makes you satisfied. He wants to be the one that you find your contentment in. And just think, if Kurt and Claudia, y'all are both finding your contentment in Christ, y'all think that it's going to be easier to find it in each other? Absolutely, if you're both finding it in Christ. But again, it comes from Christ, and you're sharing that point of view. But look what he says. Here's the three things. For all that's in the world, Bill Cooper, this is it, brother. This is all that's in the world, and you need to tell your wife that dogs are not in that. All right, I'm just saying, no, I'm messing with you, Barb. But all that is in the world, this is it. This is the three ways you can be tempted. All that's in the world, the desires of the flesh, okay? The world, Satan created a world system, and your flesh that's left over, you're living this spiritual life in, loves the world system because it stimulates your flesh, Woo, there's a big Wagyu steak. Me, I'm remembering them porterhouses when they were that big, and I'd embarrass my wife by gnawing the bone at the restaurant, man, until she made me wrap it up and take it home, and then I'd embarrass her again. But I'm just saying, lust of the flesh, desires of the flesh, my body needs this. I don't care what God says. I don't care that God hasn't provided this. I don't, I'm tired of waiting. This is what my body needs. And you decide you're going for it and you're going to please yourself. That's one way you're tempted. The other way, look what he says, desire of the flesh, the desire of the eyes. Oh my goodness. How many of y'all look at stuff on the computer? I'm just saying that. How many of y'all look at stuff on the computer? How many of y'all look at Amazon? <laughs> How many of y'all, we're looking. And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with all of that. You should be looking in the Word of God more than you're looking at all that other stuff. And that's right to me, all right? But I'm saying, lust of the eyes. What the devil has created in this worldly system that keeps sucking us out of a relationship with Christ is he keeps showing us stuff that, and it even looks spiritual sometimes. He keeps showing us stuff that, Ooh, I like that. I like that. Ooh, the Bible's kind of hard. I like this. This is easy. This is, yeah. 
Lust of the flesh, my body needs it. Lust of the eyes, you get distracted, which generally leads to lust of the flesh. And then look at the last one. When the Holy Spirit tries to bring conviction and you're like, you're like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this shit. It's like, you know what? I can do this and it won't affect me. I can just do it a little and it won't affect me. Little does lead to a lot. That's what addiction is. But I can, I can, I can do what I want to do. And that's the last one. The desire of the eyes and the pride of life. He said, those three things are not from him. They're from the enemy. They're from Satan. But why would God allow those in our life? Why would God allow us to be tempted? God does the what? The devil does the? And we do the? So why would God allow? Fernando, why would God allow Satan to tempt us? Because he wants us to do the? The trusting in him. You know, when he created man, well, why couldn't he make it perfect? Why couldn't he make us just like robots? Why couldn't he? Because he created us because he wanted us to love him. The only way we can show we love him is by choosing him. The only way we can choose him if we have a choice. So we have a choice between good and evil. We have a choice between my way or Yahweh, right? We have a choice. And when we choose him over us, we show him we love him. And that's how he's designed us. And when you're born again, you have the ability to do that right thing. So there's the three ways we can be tempted. I hope you're keeping track of all of this. I'd give somebody a quiz if I didn't need to get to what we're already getting ready to preach on. All right, so. All right, JJ, I'm just going to, uh, all right, hang on. Oh, there we go. Oh, look, I push it and it goes twice. All right. Yeah, I just skip that. The, the world's passing away along with desires, but whoever does the will of God. Okay, let's stick with that. We got, we got the three, with three ways to be tempted. Lust of the what? Help me out. Lust of the, and the, where I'm the boss. All right? What's wrong with that? That's what everybody's at. But look what he says. The world is passing away. Scott, I know it's fresh and whatever, but I'm not picking on you on this. Has college football changed? Yes. Go read the interview of, uh, who was Georgia's coach again? Kirby Smart and Florida State. Go read the interview. He said, college football's got to figure out what they want. They created all of this. They, with this portal, with, with the, the, the money, they've created it. They've created the system. College football's changed. Look at what God just says. And the world is passing away along with its desires. And whoever does the will of God abides forever. So this world system's changing. How many of y'all seen politics change? How many of y'all seen medicine change? How many of y'all seen everything in this world change? In fact, since COVID, man, things have rapidly been changing. How many of y'all seen you change? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Spiritually, we can grow. The world is passing away along with its desires. Man, Linda, your husband ever make investments? I'm just, I don't know, maybe that's what he does or whatever, but can you imagine if he came home? What was his name again? Mike. No, I didn't want you. I wanted to see if they knew, all right? I already knew, man. I'm messing with Mike. Can you imagine if Mike came home and said, oh, Linda, we are set for life. In California, I just bought all the sour cream we could afford. I sold our houses. I sold everything we had. I don't know how many houses you have. I don't know if you have them, but I sold everything. We, and we are in fully invested in sour cream. We have bought all the sour cream that there is available now. What would you say to him? <laughs> Behind his back. <laughs> yeah. Why? What's going to happen to the sour cream? 
Yeah, and you're like, I don't even like sour cream, right? It's like, but again, it's not going to last. It's not a worthy investment. That's what he's saying about the world. When you give in to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the things that are not of God, it's like investing in that sour cream. It's not going to last. You invest in things that are eternal, the word of God and the souls of men. And if you do that through a business that God gives you that's profitable, that's why he's given you that business. Through the influences you have, it's not for your standard of living, it's for your standard of giving. And I'm not talking to uh, the church or whatever, I'm talking about investing in the kingdom. Wherever he's got you, whatever he's doing as a believer, it's to invest in the kingdom. It's to invite them to have the same teacher you have in all of that. The world's passing away along with its desire. But listen to this. Whoever does, Suzette, check this out. Whoever, I just said Suzette, so you'll make sure you're awake when I ask you the real question. Because, no, you usually are. Uh, uh, But whoever does the what? The will of who? The will of God. And you know where we find the will of God? In the word of God. Yeah. He is ne- his will is never going to violate his word. We find the will of God in the word of God. And that is an investment you can make. And how long is that investment going to last? Forever. Y'all get that? No more sour cream, man. I'm just saying. The will of God abides forever. That's what we invest in. That was so beautiful when you were telling me about, well, one day I just kind of filled in. And I don't know. I probably got the story all messed up. I get stories messed up, don't I, Gary? surf stories I get a mess up but yeah man I just started this I started this business putting windows in all of a sudden now God is and you use it for God's glory I love hearing your testimony in fact we do need to get on the water because I got to see if you're still doing that or not but I'm just saying it's been awesome to listen the will of God abides forever but you got to be in the word of God to know that Jesus overcame temptation by obeying God's word I'm not going to harp on a lot of this I just want you to see the main point in this passage Jesus Okay, it says then, right after his baptism, (laughs) right after his baptism, all right? Um, In fact, after a high spiritual moment, often you will have a test. You'll have this high spiritual moment like, oh, you know, and all of a sudden God's like, okay, cool. (laughs) Let's take a test. Let's see if this is just emotional. Let's just see if this is just some fly by night situation or let's see if it's real. Because a faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. It's got to be tested. Jesus was led up by who? Who led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil for 40 days? Who? Yes, the Spirit of God. Why would the Spirit? You guys know enough now. I could even ask you, Marley, why would the Spirit of God lead Jesus in the wilderness? Because God wanted him to, all right, that's a good answer, to be tested by the devil because our job, we, God does the testing, the devil does the and, G, and, and we do the trusting to watch us so we can see Jesus trust God's word. And this is some pretty tough thing. Marley, are you hungry right now? Did you eat breakfast this morning? Oh, dude, man, pie hole's sounding pretty good right now. What kind of pizza you get at pie hole, bro? Are you thinking about it right now? No? I want you to start thinking about it, man. Is it his stomach going boing, 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 boing right now? <laughs> no. Yeah, dude, if, what if? For 40 hours, you did not eat. What would you be? Dude, would your stomach be making noises in? Yeah. What, what if for 40 days you didn't eat? What would you be? 
And where do you, <laughs> now you wouldn't be dead. <laughs> you wouldn't be yourself, but you wouldn't be dead. You'd be hungry, right? Where do you think the devil would attack you at? Yeah, yeah. Marley, go rob pie hole. Because <laughs> your mom didn't give you any money. Go rob it and, and, and steal pies, right? I'm just saying, he would tempt you. And you'd be like, well, I haven't eaten for 40 days, and I'll just deal with this now, and I'll deal with the consequences later. How many of y'all can identify with that? I'm just saying. So check this out. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Why did God lead Jesus there? To be what? Tempted by who? The devil, God does the, help me out, testing, Satan does the, and we do the, there it is, right there, all right, so check this out, <clears throat> after fasting for how many days, Marley, 40 days, and not just days, but 40 nights, he was, yeah, everybody take your fist, go, duh, <laughs> all right, after fasting 40 days, 40 nights, he was hungry, all right, and the tempter, who's the tempter, that's Satan, that's the devil, came to him and said, ha, if you are the son of God, command these stones become loaves of what? Yeah, Karen, it would be to you and, and Barb, it would be command these stones become what? Tacos, I knew it, yeah. Barbie didn't answer as loud as she did, but I, I could read your mind and all of that. Tacos, yes. Command these stones be made tacos. If you had the ability after 40 days of not eating to turn stones into tacos, do you think you'd be tempted to turn stones into tacos? Oh, tempted, all right, unless you were trusting who? God, when God wants me to have tacos, I will have tacos. Some of y'all are thinking that now. I'm thinking God wants me to have pizza. What time? How long was this church service supposed to last, man? You know, when God wants you to have lunch, you'll have lunch, man. I'm done. We're almost done. <laughs> but look at this. That's what he tempts us. He tempts us in our weakness. And, and by the way, what temptation is this? Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, or pride of life. Less the flesh. And this ain't no messing thing. 40 days, Chuck, no food. <laughs> could, you, could you, God, you're just going to have to forgive me. I'm going to ask for forgiveness instead of permission. But Jesus didn't do that. Look what Jesus did in this. How he answered him. He answered him, it is written. So Bill Cooper, where did he find it from? In the word of God. That's where you find what God wants you to do. In the word of God. And he got this out of Deuteronomy chapter 8, which you can go back and you can go read in this. And it was talking about when they had to go get manna in the wilderness because that's how God was going to provide. And the stipulations and said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He got that from the word. He said, God wants me to have tacos, man. He'll let me make tacos. But until then, God wants to do something through this hunger. I'm not going to make a move until God wants me to do it, no matter how much my body wants to do it. Can you imagine, JT, God using a more profound illustration than food in that for me? <laughs> Can you imagine 40 days? If anybody had the right to violate God's principles, wouldn't you think it would be him? But he said, no, man, if I ain't supposed to eat for 41 days, I won't eat for 41 days. I want to do what God wants me to do instead of trying to satisfy my flesh because that never works out. Look at the next part. Then the devil took him to the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple. So he put him at the highest point where all the worshipers were. And he went on to say, he saw Jesus was fighting. He said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. So where's the devil getting his instructions from now? Ooh, the word of God. But guess what? He's taking him out of context. 
He's taken Psalm 91, and look what he says. He doesn't include the previous verse that says, when you're walking in God's ways, then he'll command his angels concerning you. He just took the one little piece out of context and said, go ahead and throw yourself down. God says he'll command his angels concerning you. And on their hands, they'll bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. Again, Brandon, dude, man, go to Winn-Dixie while they're still here. You know, remember, did you ever like, you probably did, right? You know the little intercom system they have? Did y'all, y'all ever mess, dude, I know you did, man. Y'all ever mess with the intercom system at, at the grocery stores back in the day? Yeah, can, can you imagine, Brandon? You, you, you get up on the, on the counter and you got a gallon of bleach and you're like, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to drink this gallon of bleach. How many of y'all going to do it with me? Everybody go to the grocery store afterwards and we've got a gallon of bleach, get on the intercom, or man, make a reel. Dude, it can go the World Wide Web. And we get a gallon of bleach, man, and we put on Facebook. Carol Ann, how about it, man? Come on, man. You can do it out by your pool ministry out there. I got a gallon of bleach, and in Jesus' name, I'm going to drink this gallon of bleach, and nothing's going to happen to me. Anybody with me on this? Good. I am so glad you are so full of the Holy Spirit and know that you should not tempt the Lord your God. But based on that, don't be making stupid decisions God didn't tell you to make and then blaming it on him. Don't be going and getting yourself in debt you can't afford. Don't be going out and doing things you can't, that God didn't give you clear direction to go do. And then say, well, this is God. I'm trusting God. But you didn't get his answer from his, from your word, from his word. You got it from your thoughts. You got it from your, your, your desires. And you got it from your emotions. You didn't get it from his word. That's test tempting the Lord God. And that's how to Deuteronomy 6 that Christ answered this one. If Christ would have jumped, he's saying, look, you won't have to go to the cross. Everybody will know you're the Messiah. Angels will come. Tell everybody you're the Messiah. And you won't have to go to the cross. And look what Christ said on that again. Jesus said to him, again, it is what? Lorelai, it's what? Where did he get that from? Yeah, it was in a love letter that he wrote us. He said, it is written in the word of God. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Our job is not to test God Almighty. Not, not to make promises and commitments that we say tell everybody that he told us to make if he didn't tell us to really make those. And again, he's never going to contradict his word in anything. You better know his word and know it in context. Go back and read Psalm 91 right before the devil said, oh, it's in the word. If you jump, he'll, he'll catch you and you won't dash your foot again. Does the word of God say that? Does the word of God say it? Yes, you will not dash your foot against a stone, but you got to have the previous verse because a text without a context is a pretext. The previous verse says, if you're following God in all your ways and you have, he happens to have you jump, his angels will come and rescue you. But you want to do it out of your stupidity or because you feel like doing it. There ain't no guarantee the angels are going to rescue you. He may have a lesson to teach you in this. But you don't know unless you're intimately in a relationship with him through his word. That's one of the biggest things Satan does is take scripture out of context. Half of the crocheted things y'all have on your wall. Remember grandma had, mom had crocheted Bible verses on the wall and on pillows. I bet y'all don't have those no more, right? Half of those, the way people used them was out of context. 
John MacArthur made a statement. He said, half of Christianity is Scripture out of context. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Go back and look at what that means. Take all these Bible verses that you keep claiming and look at the context. It's crucial. Chris, do I have the right to take an email you send me and pull one little piece out and make it say what I want it to say? And you're Chris. What makes me think I could have the right to do that with God's almighty holy word? But yet we do it because Satan distracts us and deceives us into thinking we can do it. You've got to know it in context. So Jesus said to him, get us written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And that's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Again! Oh my goodness, this is like the third one. All right? Over 40 days, he wasn't just tempted three times, he was tempted over and over and over again for 40 days. Again, the devil, and, oh my goodness, Ashley, what happens if you haven't eaten for 40 minutes? You get hangry, right? I already know with my women right here, Ashley and Linda, dude, I got to feed them. I got to feed them before they're hungry <laughs> or I'm in big trouble, man. Again, I'm not picking on them, but how many of y'all, man, 40 days, you ain't eating nothing. You, got, you, you have the right to be treat people however you want to treat them because I'm hangry. I'm whatever. I don't see that in the scripture. That comes from your own twisted theology, man. I'm just saying. And I'm talking big because they're back there and I'm up here and y'all are in between us, all right? But, but I do the same thing. Again, the devil took him. Third, uh, the third temptation, third way you can be tempted. He was tempted many times. Oh, by the way, the, the one previous, it was what? Jump jump and everybody will that's the pride of life jump you won't have to go to the cross pride of life do it your way again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory Lorelai, you think there was actually a mountain where devil could have taken christ and literally shown him the whole world do you think there was really a mountain range like that the answer is no <laughs> But has the devil ever shown you something that looks like the world? How about y'all? He shows you something that looks like the world, but you know God doesn't want you to have it. He doesn't, know, doesn't want you to do it. The devil's name is deceiver. And the only way you can avoid being deceived is by knowing the what? The truth. And the word of God is the only truth we have. Don't be afraid of the book of truth. Read it. It's amazing what God will show us in that. So he took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, all of these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Carol Ann, what's the problem with that? Who really owned all that? Yeah, Christ actually owned it all, right? And he said, if, he said if, I'll give it to you. Is Christ willing to give you something that God owns? Absolutely. I'll give it to you if you fall down and worship me. And again, Christ what did he use to fight off the devil? He said, be gone, Satan, for it is what? So where did he get it from, Lorelai? The word of God. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. You, there's three ways we can be tempted, and there's only one way that you can overcome it, and that is by trusting God's word. Super quick, the devil left him. Beheld, angels came and ministered to him after he was done. God does know when to rest you and when to test you. But look at this super quick out of Adam and Eve. Super quick. Adam and Eve failed to overcome temptations because they failed to obey God's word. Look at this. Now the serpent, who's the serpent? 
devil. He does the, testing, the tempting. The serpent was more crafty than any of the beasts of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, what was the first thing he said? Did God actually what? So what's he challenging? God's word. Why do you think he challenges it in your life? If he can deceive you as to what the truth is because, oh, I thought this up and it seems logical to me. Oh, this is what I really, really want. I'm following my heart. Or, oh, I don't have a good feeling. I'm going to trust my gut. If he can get you to live that way over God's word, he can deceive you. That's what he did. Very first thing. Did God actually say you should not eat of any tree in the garden? Hey, what was the one thing God said? They didn't have a whole Bible. They had one command. What was it, Scott? Don't eat. You can eat everything. You can play on any, you can climb any of the trees, swim anywhere, except don't eat of this one tree, the knowledge of good and evil. And it was because they couldn't handle it. And the world has proved it since. That's a whole other story. But he said, don't. That was it. Simple. One command. But did God actually say you shouldn't eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the middle of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And we've already preached on this, gone through all the different things, but the bottom line is she's telling them she knows generally what they're not supposed to do. But the serpent said to her, you will not die. That is a direct contradiction, Austin, to what? I have not picked on you in weeks, man. And I have mispicking on you. But God said, don't eat or you'll die. Satan says, you won't die. Who's he contradicting? All right, good. See, I start you out easy. God, yeah. Let me see the hand motion with that. God. All right, good, good. Yeah. Total contradiction to God. What if you go with your gut like Oprah says? Ooh, what if you go with your logical thinking like other people say, or with your desires? You're going to get it wrong. You've got to go with what God said. God's word is our final authority. It's the only truth we have. Right, Pickleball Ralph? It's the only truth we have. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die. He's lying. But yet she bought it. Check this out. For God knows when you eat of it, your eyes will be open. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. Does any of that matter, Erica? All that matters is that God said don't do it. You don't have to be able to explain it away. In fact, you probably can't understand it all. They couldn't understand what it was going to cost the whole entire human civilization. But the fact is, all you got to know is that God said, what? No. That's it. It's that simple. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, what's that? Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, which one's that? She saw it was good for food. Woo! Have you ever looked at something and said, dude, that's going to be good. That pie hole pizza, dude? Man, when you see it, oh, don't you love when you think it's yours and the waitress walks right by and you're like, <gasps> right? Because it's Sunday and it's busy, man, and you're hungry because you haven't eaten for 40 minutes. You know, I'm just saying, it's like, it looks like it's going to be good. My body needs that. Marley, if you have the, uh, da, if you have the desire to tackle the waitress and sling the pizza over to Chuck, Chuck will catch it, all right? But man, know that you've got to fight that resist because it's not your pizza. They'll be stealing. You're going against God. You've got to wait for your pizza. Lust of the flesh. I want this pizza and I want it now. Kind of like tacos. I'm just saying. So when she saw the tree was good for food, it looks, I need this. 
And look, it was a delight to the eyes. That's less the what? The eyes. Ooh, this looks good. There's Marley, sees the waitress coming out of the kitchen. Abby, you're a waitress, right? You ever had anybody tackle you for the food? Oh, you just wait, it's coming. We live in a crazy world, man. You'll be coming out of the kitchen, and they're going to say, ooh, that looks good. Ooh, my body needs it. I'm taking the waitress down. <laughs> you wait. That's what happened here. Saw that it was good for food, and, and it was a delight to the eyes. And that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. Dude, how could I be going wrong with all of that going for it? How could that be wrong, Bob and Ann? If all this good that I've thought up about this taco and pizza coming out of the kitchen, how could I be wrong? Because God said what? No. That's all you got to know. You ever been good at justifying things? How could this be wrong when it's all so right? Somebody should write a song about that or something. I don't know. So guess what she did? She took of its fruit and she ate. She also gave some to her husband. <laughs> a whole other story there. Who was with her and he ate. Last verse. Then the eyes of both were opened. They knew that they were naked because they weren't clothed in God's righteousness and glory anymore. So they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. They tried to solve their own issue. But you know later, when they came up to God, Mary, did God like their little uh, fig leaf prickly pear bikinis? No, in fact, he said, get rid of those. And what did God do as a picture of Christ? He killed an innocent animal. And while the, the fur was still wet and warm and covered with blood, he covered them showing them what would have to happen later, that Christ would have to die to pay for their sins. So if you have Christ paying for your sins, you're free from the penalty of sin. You're free from the power of sin. And if you know God's Word, then you don't have to sin. One day we'll be free from the presence of sin. But the only way we're going to avoid the power of sin right now is if we know what sin is and the world is deceptive. We've got to be in God's Word. And that's my encouragement to you. I said all of this to say that one thing. You're like, well, then why didn't you just say the one thing? Well, I had some other things God wanted me to say. But the Word of God is a love letter. Man, it's a love letter that God has written to you. Amy, could, I, I, I haven't picked on Tom since he, since he sat up there, and then he hasn't been back yet. So I, I, I'm really not trying to chase you away. I just, but can you imagine? Tom doesn't talk a lot, right? But can you imagine Tom writing you love letters? You're like, no, but <laughs> just imagine. No, I'm just saying. Imagine Tom writing you love letters, tons of love letters. If you never read those love letters, would you ever know how much Tom loved you? No. Yeah, the answer is no. Help me out with my illustration. No. <laughs> Bottom line is, God wrote us a love letter. It's His Word. And if you're never in His Word, or you're only occasionally in His Word, you don't know how much He loves you. And when you know how much He loves you, that causes you to love Him more. And when we love people, we do crazy things for them. We'll go on any adventure. We don't need explanations. We'll do whatever when we trust somebody and we know that they love us. The way God wants to show you He loves you is He wants to fulfill His Word in your life. You, I want to encourage you this year to have a commitment to His Word. 
I'm not saying pick up some, well, I've got to find a Bible reading program to read it all through in a year. I don't, you can do all of that. I'm just saying open the Word and say, Holy Spirit, will you cut me a piece of this Wagyu? I saw a new scholar turn around when I said Wagyu. <laughs> Did I say it right, Wagyu? Cut, cut me a piece of this Wagyu beef off, man. Or if you're like Chuck, cut me a piece of this fish off. You know, Cut me a piece off. Show me what you want me to do today. Give me my marching orders. Open his word and read it. Just open. I guarantee you he will speak through his word. And he will rescue you from being deceived. That's what I want to encourage you with today. Let's pray. Father, I pray that if there's somebody here who's never given their life to Christ, but today they have a desire to do so. Father, I pray that you give them a desire they can't refuse. And even though they might say, man, I don't know what's next. Father, if it's any comfort to them, we don't know what's next either. Exactly. We just know that you're in control of it. We know that we wish we would have given our life to you sooner. None of us regret giving our life to you. So, Father, if there's someone that needs to give you their life, I pray that today they would do that. And you would start this journey, this love journey with them. But, Father, for those of us, especially those who might be afraid of the Word, might have tried the Word, might have, like, just counting on eating some soul food whenever we meet for Bible study or for church, Father, I pray that you would give them a desire when they wake up in the morning to do nothing more than to be in your word and see how much you love them and ask you, what do you want me to do with this that I just read? And Father, as they step out in faith to do what you've asked them to do, they will see it work over and over again. And like Scott with a Wagyu steak, instead of getting just little pieces cut off by somebody, Father, he would just you, they would just grab the whole steak and they would just start devouring it. Father, I pray that this year you would help us to have a love affair with you as the God of the Word and with your Word. And we would have this intimacy that can't be broken. And Father, again, when we're in love with people, we do crazy things for them. I pray that would describe us this year. I pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.